0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back live from the bunker. And uh, we're back in the studio after a week of traveling, making things up as we go. And uh, the celebration for 2,000 subscribers over on YouTube comes and goes because our (laughs) 2,000 count comes and goes. Uh, We're we're fluctuating. We're right there on the cusp. We get 2,000, and then we lose two, and it's back to 1998, and it's up to 1999, then 2,000, then 1998. So we're we're watching it. Uh, Once it actually solidifies into 2,000 for a while, uh, then we'll have a a 2,000 subs celebratory stream. In the meantime, um, I need to apologize. <clears throat> and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this might. I don't, I, I don't know how much this is my fault. I'm going to apologize for wearing my time travel shirt yesterday, because somehow it feels like we've gone back to the 1980s. Now, back in the 80s, we did not have podcast players. If you listen to us as a, as a podcast, there's a number of different player platforms where you can find this show. Uh, so we do invite you to check that out. If you do listen to us on a podcast platform, we do invite you to check out the live show, so you can see the video component of this, and uh, and then we'll go from there. I am listening to myself in my ears, and it keeps cutting in and out. So if I if I ever just start fiddling with things, that's that's why it's happening. So anyway, all right. So. Um, yeah, so, um, wore my time travel shirt yesterday. And, and I think that might have been a mistake. Because it really does feel like, and I, I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds here because we've got other things to talk about. But for those of you who have not noticed, it seems like we've gotten back into, um, the 80s, the early 80s. We've got, um, you know, Americans behind enemy lines in Afghanistan still. We've got uh, inflation at a 40-year high. We've got energy and gas prices through the roof. Oil is now over $100 a barrel. We have uh, war breaking out in the Ukraine. And it just feels like uh, the Soviet Union is back, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, I, I... Somewhere somebody flipped the switch and said, "You know what? Let's let's try out this 1984 setting. Let's let's try the let's try the Orwell filter for a while and see what happens." I don't know. Uh, I'm praying for the people of Ukraine. I'm praying for the people of Russia because they're protesting in the streets of Moscow right now because they don't want this war and we don't have capable leadership to decide anything in all of this and and china is next you know they're going to you know they're going to go after taiwan next right that's that's coming in the next week or two so anyway yes Keely, the <laughs> the difference is that reagan isn't president mr gorbachev te- tear down this wall and you know the, the thing is the weird thing is if, and, and those of you who are of an age, you're not going to remember the Soviet Union. Uh, in, in, in that part of our history, the Soviet Union were the bad guys. And Putin is very much a product of that time. He's a former, former director of the KGB. He would like to see the Union, uh, the union of Soviet Socialist Republics return. I don't want to go back to that time period, but that's just me. All right, so <coughs> uh, also from that time period, uh, 1978, the movie Superman with Christopher Reeve, and uh, we kind of have sort of uh, a little bit of a, uh, a Christopher Reeve Superman-ish type with uh, the current incarnation played by T- Tyler Hecklin. And I know it, you know, look, there are there are real things happening. There are missiles flying, there are bombs dropping, there are explosions happening. There's not anything we can do about that except write and vote. So, in the meantime, this is our regular Thursday discussion. Uh, James is here, the youngling, to talk about... Superman and Lois, the latest episode, because now the Olympics are over, and so we've got Superman and Lois coming back. In addition to the invasion of Taiwan, so we're we're gonna let we're gonna leave Taiwan over here in the corner. We're gonna talk about Superman and Lois. Hello, sir. Yeah, that was that was a hello directed at you. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. hello. I mean, there's nobody else here. I mean, there's people there's people in the chat. Is he Dave and Keeley? So uh, yes, they're
1: on here. here, but I can't see anybody yet. Well, so I thought that was for me.
0: That's all right. No, that's okay. All right, so, <clears throat> so here we are, new episode. What do you think?
1: I liked it. I liked it quite a bit, and I liked um, the Easter eggs that were in it. That I'm very excited to talk about too. Yeah, such it as. The chat. Well, whoops. Well, my favorite Easter egg is actually at the end of the episode. And it's the containment for Bizarro. The two energy rings that are spinning on top of each other. That's a direct callback to um the 78 movie with Zod and the rings. And that containment unit. So I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that was neat.
1: Yeah,
0: but that was your that was your your main takeaway from this, huh?
1: <laughs> well, not not my main takeaway, but like my favorite my favorite Easter egg was that. But mm-hmm. main takeaway: Superman's in safe hands again. That's that's my main takeaway. I think I think this episode was really really good. I thought it was very nice to see that our expectations were wrong, but that's good.
0: Wait, our expectations about what?
1: We we were kind of theorizing about, like, are they still going to do Doomsday? What's this going to go with the alley thing? Everything that we theorized or, like, kind of expected to happen doesn't look like it's going to. And that's probably for the best.
0: I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like we're doing Doomsday. It doesn't look like we're getting Lex Luthor either. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that they're just sticking to the villains they're introducing and that's it. Yeah. And not bringing in anybody else. And I I kind of like that.
0: Well, and so far the show is still uh, staying pretty high on audience satisfaction. Right now the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is sitting at 82%. Season 1 was at 88, so there's a little bit of a drop. But it's entirely possible that uh, some of that number was skewed a little bit because everybody thought we were doing Doomsday, and that was really early in, in the show, and they hadn't earned it yet. So maybe right. now, that, now that we've got the bizarro uh timeline the the Bizarro storyline fully fully invested in this is what we're going with that maybe those numbers will come up a little bit and and match more uh, what they had in season 1 my my uh, my biggest takeaway on this one is that in the midst of the Bizarro timeline, the, I, I keep saying Bizarro timeline, the Bizarro storyline, right. which now looks like it's intersecting with Allie's, uh, the the Parasite storyline. In the midst of all of that, we still have two B-stories with family drama. Yeah that they're managing to to weave in and out of this thing. And and they're doing it rather well. They're doing it rather deftly because you've only got an hour. Well, you've got 42 to 44 minutes per episode.
1: Well, actually, they are about an hour because um, an extended cut will drop on the CW app the next day.
0: I know, but I'm talking. There's the, you can't you can't assume that people are going to go watch it on the app if they've watched it on, on network on network television. You got about forty four yeah. minutes of story, and I'm talking mostly, you know. <coughs> excuse me, I'm talking in general when you're talking about network television. You got about forty four minutes of story, yeah, and so you have the main, uh, the main Clark and Lois threads which are starting to come together to be one. And I'm I'm thinking that this is sort of, not necessarily a formula, but last year you had ki- kind of a similar type of thing where you had uh, Captain Luthor, you know, John Henry popping over, and you had that thread, and you had the thread of... You know Clark and Lois coming back to Smallville and settling in, so those two things are are happening, and eventually those come together. In the meantime, you have the boys settling into small town and meeting Sarah and going to school and football and all of this other stuff, and John and 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 Jordan coming up with powers is the other threat, and and what happens with. Dad and everything else, you know, you've got these, you know, the the Morgan Edge thread, which starts as a lowest thread and ends up being a Clark thread with John Henry. So those two things just kind of merge at the end with what this kind of threat is, and it seems like they're doing that kind of thing again this year, this semester, uh, this semester, this season, where you have. The Bizarro Doomsday thread, the Bizarro thread for Clark, and right. by extension, you've got his dealings with the DOD and Anderson and all of that. But then you also have Lois's dealings with Allie, and what happens with Lucy and and Chrissy and all of that. And now it looks like halfway through the season, like before, we've got a merge. Of these two storylines. They've now intersected together. And moving forward. What does that mean? Because now, now we're going to get more of an idea. Because we can actually communicate with Bizarro. He can actually tell us what's going on. Why he's here. And my concern... Is that we're going to get a repeat of all of the different story beats once John Henry came over and said, I'm here to stop the threat in your world because they destroyed my world. Well, Bizarro's over here to stop Allie from doing whatever it is that she's done in his in his dimension. So we're kind of we're kind of repeating the playbook a little bit.
1: I think this is a bizarro take on that storyline as well. Is that Steel was over here to stop Superman? Bizarro's over here to stop Ali at all costs, meaning he's willing to cross the line that our Superman isn't. So that might make him a villain again. Because yeah. as soon as he said, I'm a soldier from my world, I went, Oh, it's the Captain and the Scorpion all over again. I don't <laughs> want Bizarro to be the hero. I don't I don't want him to be the good guy. Like in the comics he's been kind of an anti-hero before and that's okay. But well, when you it, villain, I I
0: don't know I don't know that you'd ever I don't know that you'd say he's an anti-hero. He's a sympathetic antagonist. And I wouldn't even go so far as to say he's a villain. It dep- well,
1: It depends on
0: the story Uh, the well early early bizarro 1970s and such bizarro that's more of a villain bizarro that you see in the super friends cartoon he's he's a villain but once they rebooted past crisis on infinite earths bizarro became more of a more of an antagonist rather than a villain because of the nature of how he came to be because changing him into a clone and you know all of the different iterations and versions of Bizarro past that make him less of an evil mustache twirling wahaha type and he's a little bit more sympathetic in terms of his motivations you kind of understand him a little bit more doesn't make him a good guy but it also doesn't make him an anti-hero and i think in this Particular case, I don't think I don't think we're going to get an anti-hero. I don't think we're going to get a villain. I don't. I I'm not sure that they're going to end up working together the way uh, the way uh, John Henry and Clark did. Um, but I also think I also think they're going to they're they're going to be working toward the same goal but the process is going to be different the means will be different because bizarro's bizarro's goal is to kill her
1: there's and, a there's a weird part of me that's expecting ali and superman to team up to take down bizarro i, I don't, don't know what I'd, it is in mind i'm still expecting bizarro to be more of a threat then it's leading on to be.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think
1: because he he mangled a body.
0: Ah ah ah! ah. You're making an assumption. We, You're making an assumption. Fair. You're making an assumption that he killed uh, uh, Doctor Faulkner.
1: That's that's fair. He
0: because because uh, Lois found him in there, and she's dead. So the assumption is that he did it.
1: That's fair, but somebody did turn her head all the way around her body. That's so, true,
0: that's true. And, and it's an easy assumption to make that it was him.
1: Like her body was sprawled out and head was all the way around.
0: I know, it and was, I thought it was really interesting. That, was a, that shot was kind of, not necessarily a, a one-to-one direct homage, but it reminded me of a shot in The Rocketeer. Uh, where the owner of the airfield was found in a similar condition like that. Um, Keeley says, "What I want to know is how Bizarro came from the Bizarro universe and what the connection is between him and Allie. That that's something that uh, we still need to need to figure out because what happens here, because you've got those little pendants, those the, whatever those things are, and." I know at one point we had talked about the possibility that there was some sort of phantom zone projector projector or thing and what I'm what I'm going to postulate is that Allie with her parasite pendant somehow tapped into this opposite world and used that to create whatever power base or, or destructive energy or whatever in that world. Because, like you remember what they said, when, 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 when Superman and Bizarro get together, there's an augmentation of power. Remember? There's a spike. So it's entirely yeah. possible that Ali figured out some way to tap into the energy of the Bizarro universe in order to take over and conquer Bizarro universe.
1: I don't think that's what's happening only because apparently this has been in her family for generations.
0: Right. But you remember, but you remember what Chrissy said? She said, Allie was everywhere over there.
1: True. Hmm. So is it like a hive mind thing? I,
0: I, that's, that's a good question. And I see measures comes into the chat. Hello there, sir. Good to see you.
1: Um, I was surprised that they're actually doing the Bizarro World and not a clone. I was not expecting Bizarro World.
0: Well, and, and, and I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. I, it's, it, you have a, a technological... The, the, the only The only problem, if you want to call it that, the only problem that I have with it is that we're repeating Season 1 in terms of the mechanics of everything. And, and Keeley asked a good question. How did he get over here? And I'm sure that pendant had something to do with it, but also the fact that he's in a
1: containment suit. Ooh, ooh, to talk about the containment suit real quick. Yes. I was right about something. Hmm. x Kryptonite is his kryptonite.
0: Yes, you were. You were correct.
1: So that containment suit, I think, is actually lined with lead. And could, that he knew about the mines, and that he wore a protective suit, and that's why he still got his powers through that fight with Superman that they had in episode three.
0: Yeah. Well, and and given the reveal that Doctor Faulkner had a had a con, uh, a connection with Allie, it's right. e- it's easy to assume that that's who was on the other end of that communication early on in the in the season. But we don't have confirmation of that.
1: I'm still not sold that.
0: Probably not. But it's also possible that Dr. Faulkner in Bizarro World, Bizarro Faulkner, or Bizarro Sam Lane Mm -hmm. in his role at the DOD, because Bizarro Sam Lane probably hasn't resigned, retired one of them probably sent Bizarro Superman over here to 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 destroy Allie because Allie in this particular universe is the source of all of the misery over there.
1: Or, since he's the opposite of Superman and everything's the opposite, his friend General Anderson sent him.
0: That could be. That could be.
1: And he ends up maybe easing into this world because he recognizes our Anderson if everything's the opposite over there.
0: Possibly. But maybe. then but then again, yeah. then again you're repeating John Henry and Sam.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which by the way, um, any of you any of you from the show who who stumble across this this program, this discussion of your of your show there, somebody needs to go into the Superman and Lois listing on IMDB and actually, correct Anderson's listing because he's still listed in Bowen is still listed as playing Lieutenant Mitch Anderson. You remember, yeah. what we talked about they got that wrong because they called him Lieutenant in the early days. Now he's a general; he's a Lieutenant General. They need to fix yeah. that on IMDb. <clears throat> so we didn't mishear it.
1: No, no. So just, just a thing. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway. Jonathan has powers.
0: Um, no.
1: Well, X Kryptonite, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, they stated that he is acting like a completely different person. Right. Now, I think they really stated that on purpose because what does X Kryptonite do?
0: Well, they're.
1: That it, it, it gives you Kryptonian consci- consciousness, Con- conscience. No, yeah, no,
0: because what they're doing here they're, with the with the ex Kryptonite in gaseous form, inhaling it gives you Kryptonian powers for a limited time. It doesn't. It doesn't make you susceptible to hosting a Kryptonian presence. Besides well, which all, well, of all of the Kryptonian all of the Kryptonian souls, spirits what have you, they're all gone. That okay. storyline's over. Okay. I what they're going to yep. do is they're going to play this out. This is going to be a drug addiction afternoon special storyline. And it's entirely possible that they may lift some of this from the old uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern run from Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams where uh, Speedy was a drug addict.
1: Hey, I mentioned that a couple episodes ago.
0: They could they could do that.
1: Yeah,
0: or at the, very that. Least, at the very least, wink at it and say, yeah, we know what we're doing. We're doing Speedy. Did
1: you, did you see the um, behind-the-scenes photos for Jonathan for one of the upcoming episodes?
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I saw something um where he's kind of a dark Superboy outfit type of thing I don't know I don't know how he's got that
1: I think the 80s costume on it's the red pants with the leather jacket yeah, yeah well and I... it's
0: entirely possible that he decides he's going to lean into quote unquote having powers so that he can be treated as an equal <clears throat> but it's going to end up coming back to bite him
1: wouldn't it be funny if the big twist is that Jonathan is doomsday? I'm, I'm kidding.
0: No. I'm kidding. But I'm What I'm wondering, though, is... Okay, so... The ex-kryptonite... Gas... Gives right. humans... Kryptonian powers. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So what I'm thinking, what I'm wondering... Since Jonathan is a hybrid right he's a human kryptonian hybrid what what difference that would make because they they could they could lean completely into the drug addict thing and try to get him off Ooh. of it or or where we end up is that the x kryptonite gas Activates his actual powers, and by the end of the by the end of the season, we have two Super Boys.
1: Oh, that's that's definitely what's happening. Because if you notice, I don't I don't know too much about the details of what's going on, but it does seem like whoever does inhale the X Kryptonite seems to get one power, and it usually just seems to make them stronger. And with Jonathan, it didn't make him stronger. It gave him telescopic vision, and he didn't get any like
0: strength no. upgrade. It or it did make him stronger because he sparred with Jordan, and he was able to punch Jordan out to the to the ground. Do you did you miss that whole scene?
1: Um, yeah.
0: And then okay. at the end, when he got mad, his heat vision flared up.
1: Well. Well, what I was. No, I think what's going on is that the humans are getting one power.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's possible.
1: And this is awakening the powers in Jonathan.
0: That could be. That's what the
1: difference with being a hybrid is.
0: Yeah, that could be. And,
1: but. He started off with one power and now it's elevated.
0: Yeah, and I think that at. Uh, might or might not be a good idea to do it this way, but but basically what you end up with is uh, two two kids two kids with powers, and they're going to be at different levels. So you still got to have some competition between the two of them. But at the end of the season, we're probably going to have both Jonathan and Jordan with powers, and that gives us the beginnings of the Superman family. Uh, So we can do other stories. Because you can't both be Superboy. So what do we do? Well, on Krypton, there uh, there was this story of these heroes, these vigilantes called Nightwing and Flamebird... No, and we'll get the introduction of the, yes, Jonathan, no. Jonathan and Jordan. I'm going to say it now. Jonathan and Jordan. If Jonathan ends up keeping his powers, Jonathan and Jordan will end up being Nightwing and Flamebird.
1: <clears throat> now, here's what I think is going to happen. If they're both getting powers, maybe Superman does die at the end of the season. No, maybe. Here's 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 what I would do. You do Superman red and blue. You you have him take no, over the
0: man- No, no, no,
1: no. And you no, no. have him in oh. and, and I don't mean the storyline, but I just mean like the costume design, the red, and you get the blue, and you have the Suns take over for a little bit. And like you could do that as the reign of the Superman art.
0: You mean Jonathan if- and Jordan is red and blue?
1: Well, yeah. No. They take over for Superman's mantle. Because no. they can't they can't both do it alone. So you, you have them take over. So
0: they become partners, and that's Nightwing and Flamebird. No. There's they a history there. Todd Helbing look Todd exactly. Todd Helbing has demonstrated that he understands the history of the characters he's dealing with. And he's also willing to put just a little bit of a twist on it so you sit there and think you're getting one thing. And you end up getting something else. So if we're going to get Jonathan dressed up as a Superboy, that's not what we're going to end up getting. We're going to end up, they can't both be Superboy, they're going to end up as Nightwing and Flamebird.
1: You can't name them that, though. Why not? Nobody knows who they are, first off. I've never heard of them.
0: Well, your your reaction would indicate otherwise. Nightwing and Flamebird were characters out of the yes, Superman have, family. I have,
1: I have they were and...
0: <laughs> they were heroes in the city of Kandor, the Bottle City that 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 uh, that um, Brainiac shrunk, right?
1: Right. And okay.
0: Superman, and I don't know who his who hit, who went with him. But when the original Nightwing and Flamebird died, Superman and somebody from up here, I think it may have been Jimmy Olsen, but I don't think it was right, they would go into the city of Candor and assume the, the, the identities of Nightwing and Flamebird.
1: Okay, but the problem is, Nightwing is Dick Grayson, and you know people would not be okay with naming a character Nightwing.
0: If you don't have a Nightwing in the show, then... I mean, Nightwing and Flamebird were first.
1: Nightwing and Flamebird aren't popular. And that would not make sense. If you have a character named Nightwing... It's not
0: about... No, it's not about popularity. It's about about the history of Superman. And if you're going to do the Superman family, Nightwing and Flamebird are an option. All right. I'm going to let you stew on that. We're going to take a real quick break. We will be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Broadcasting from the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters, this is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here inviting you to join us every Saturday for news, science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week, plus interviews, updates on events going on around the world, and the weather forecast for the same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci Fi for Me TV.
1: Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern,
0: only on Sci Fi for Me TV. Well, okay, let me turn the sound on. <laughs> Thank you, Keely. Uh, 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 yes, we pulled a Gary. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. All right, so, yeah, back live from the bunker. We are uh, we are talking about uh, Superman and Lois, the episode Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. It centers around Sarah's Quintiniera. She's turning 15. And they are... Her Her idea <clears throat> is to restore the family name to Cortez... And James, you were say you were you were having some issues with this. So let's talk about this for just a second. I don't want to get too terribly deep into this, but you did have uh you did have a couple of points that, that you made about this. Let's let's look at this for a second. Yeah.
1: Um I'm trying to I'm trying to think how I phrase it. For the the entirety of the first season until the second episode, until the finale, there is really no reference to their family being Hispanic. Right. I know Kyle's actor, I mean, his name is Eric Valdez. I'm pretty sure the guy is probably Hispanic. But they, they don't really look Hispanic, but some people don't. That's fine. So everybody looks different. That's normal. But all of a sudden, Sarah's talking about her abuela in the second to last episode. It's like, oh, I didn't know they were Hispanic. Because no? I remember thinking that when I, rem- when I saw that episode for this first time, I'm like, we went through this whole season. You were, you are? Oh. And then this season, er- uh, Kyle started calling her Princessa and Mija. And Alana started using some Spanish around the house. And I'm just kind of sitting there going. When did this start happening? Why is it now? Why wasn't it the whole time? And why is it so much now? Because they're using Spanish almost every episode now. Completely cool. But you went the entire first season without doing that. Why now? And it's kind of taking me out of the episode. Well, okay.
0: Stop and consider this, though. Because for a majority of season one... The focus with regard to Lana and Sarah and life at home was Lana and Kyle are not getting along. And so there's not a whole lot of opportunity there to establish any kind of Hispanic heritage and put it in a positive light. Because if he's a drunk and if he's cheated on her, then you have the potential for people to sit there and go, you're dating into a stereotype. And it's entirely possible. And I, I have not, you know, I haven't seen anything to this effect as far as interviews or behind the scenes or anything like that. But it's entirely possible that the production team decided, and it, it could very well be that, that uh, they didn't decide to get into this until they until they saw what kind of performance Mr. Valdez can do because I think they expanded his role in the first season. Uh, I don't yeah. know that I don't I don't know uh, I can't remember if I saw that or if I'm if I'm making that up. But it, it, I seem to recall that they expanded the Kyle character uh, from what was originally planned. So it's entirely possible that they sit there and go, okay, well. Now we've gotten past drunk Kyle. We've gotten past um, disaster from bringing in and supporting Morgan Edge. Now what do we do with him?
1: And you make him cheat on Lana.
0: Well, right. no, what that was that was before. So now that Kyle and Lana, understand. no, it's not. Right. Now that now that Kyle and Lana are back together and everything is going well and the family is starting to get back together then there's a, there are more opportunities for affection between the characters. And so you know now you can start folding some of that in and start bringing in some of that stuff, some of those aspects. And it's entirely possible that Eric Valdez sits there and says, hey, why don't we make Kyle Hispanic? Who knows okay. where this idea came from? But <clears throat> it's, it's, it's one of those things where the growth of the character and the arc for the character sometimes starts to present some opportunities that maybe you didn't plan for at the beginning, and you sit there and go, oh, hey, well, you know, this might not be a bad idea. We can start talking about this. But as far as Kyle's affair, that happened while he was a drunk a long time ago. Him, Him going to the bar a couple of weeks ago, last week, was not him going and having an affair. He went to the bar to tell the girl he had the affair with I'm not going to do anything with you ever again.
1: I, I took it as things were also happening while Kyle was suspicious that Lana was cheating. But Oh, okay.
0: Maybe, thought, maybe, thought, but, but that, oh. but that whole thing is in that's, that's pre season one.
1: Cause you'd think if they had been not having an affair for a while, that he would have made things, you know, known that it was over. Way before all of this.
0: Well, Lana, Lana even mentions there at the end of the episode, the girl at the bar. She already knew. She's she's already known about that.
1: That's why I was kind of expecting that this was a newer thing because he's done it before and he did no. He he drink. went
0: back because he went back to the bar to tell her we're not we're not doing this. I'm not. You know, he went back to the bar to drink. The girl is there because she's the bartender. And she's thinking, oh, he's back. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not back for you. I'm back for the booze. <clears throat> but in all of that, where bartender girlfriend is sitting there going, you, know, you, need to tell, you need to talk to me, you need to talk to me, it's because she's already mouthed off about her affair with Kyle, who is now the husband of a mayoral candidate. And that's why she's always texting this guy. He's texting him. And saying, Kyle, you need to talk to me. You need to pick up. You need to talk to me because you've got a disaster looming on the horizon because I opened my mouth and I spilled my guts to my girlfriend who now suddenly has this information on you that could ruin Lana's campaign. Okay. And through that, you've got that conversation that happens there in the parking lot, which is misconstrued with Sarah misconstrues because she doesn't know the backstory, and so now you've got everything blowing up. But Kyle, uh, Lana already knew about that affair from in the past. That's one of the reasons why she was she was not she was having problems with him in the in season one. We just didn't get all of that as backstory. Hmm. But that's, that's another thing, the economy of writing, where she looks at him and says, the girl at the bar, and you automatically know, just from that one line, that she knows about the girlfriend. She knows about the affair, and she's smart enough to realize, because she didn't see, and, and, and Sarah doesn't know who this person is. But Lana automatically figures out who it was that Kyle was talking to, and now now knows we have a problem to deal with. Just with that one line, <clears throat> yeah. smart writing.
1: Yeah. Um. Trying to think about what else happened in this episode. Um, hmm. I think
0: we kind of covered everything. I mean, that's pretty much as far as as far as story goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: We didn't digress too much.
0: Well, to I mean, you've so. got we haven't we haven't really talked very much about Chrissy's trip to the to the bizarre world where she sees herself sure. and and comes back and says, uh, you know, Lucy was right. Whether it's a parallel dimension or a mirror universe or whatever, Lucy was right in what she was talking about, but. Lois is also right in that Allie's a threat that has to be stopped. She's dangerous.
1: The more I thought about it in this episode, I was just kind of thinking, wait, Lois already knew that Lucy was seeing like another world and doppelgangers basically. Wait, why didn't she investigate into that? Well, she, know the she thought this?
0: she thought Allie was was using some kind of uh, some kind of either a drug or a hypnosis or something like that because you're... She won. If you're I, dealing with a flimflam man, you're dealing with a con artist you know, your first thought is not going to be, oh well I guess this opposite universe thing is a real thing.
1: But She already knows it's a real thing, so shouldn't she, like, maybe... How how, how
0: does she know it's a real thing?
1: Because last season, Superman and Lois are in the car going, with all we know about the multiverse, it could be a doppelganger, it could be another Lex Luthor. Sure. They already about the multiverse and other dimensions, and right,
0: Day. but but you have to also remember that Lucy's experiment, Lucy's experience with Allie and all of that stuff, and the story that Lois wrote predates all of that. All of that happens before the crisis and before the multiverse and before er- everything blows up. Well, another, so Lois doesn't I have any any reason to believe that there is anything other than Lucy's hallucinating.
1: That's fair. And again, going back to the whole crisis thing, that's still something that's bugging me because this show is the only show that establishes that the multiverse still exists, and that's really, really, really bugging me.
0: Why? They don't always. They don't all have to be connected always all the time.
1: Crisis. Crisis destroyed the multiverse. Everybody thinks that the multiverse is gone. When did the multiverse just all of a sudden get reestablished?
0: When, hold on. When did the multiverse get get destroyed? Because at the end of Crisis, you saw nobody knew
1: it. Though. Nobody knew it. It doesn't matter of, because kept,
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter if anybody knew it or not. The multiverse wasn't destroyed. No, but
1: nobody knows its ex- existence anymore. And how do they travel now? Because it was the vibrational v- frequency frequencies. And now that's changed.
0: There could be other ways to get through. There's other doorways, other paths.
1: I was just kind of hoping for, you know, the reestablishment of the multiverse and not just, oh, it still exists. And I'm I'm here. perfectly
0: fine. I'm perfectly fine if these shows want to live in their own worlds for a while. Nothing. It doesn't. One of the just problems. Gets, what?
1: This gets a little confusing for me sometimes.
0: Why? Superman and Lois is its own show. that then you know look at it that way, and you don't have to worry about it being connected to everything else. the thing the thing that you run into, and this is one of the reasons why we got Crisis on Infinite Earth back with DC comics in eighty five anyway, is because they kept trying to connect everything. It's because they kept going for, a cohesive continuity... among all of their different properties... and all of their different characters... and all their different universes and worlds and whatnot, And they said, you know, we really need to kind of streamline all of this. And the problem with that... and we've talked about this on a couple of other places... the problem with this... is the problem that we're getting now with Marvel... that we're getting with Star Wars... where... something happens in one movie... And if you haven't seen this TV show and read this book and read this comic book and listened to this podcast and go this over here and do this over here, you're not going to know what that thing is in the movie. Multiverse of Mad- Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is a good example of that. If they don't handle that properly, you're not going to know what's going on if you haven't watched WandaVision, if you haven't watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, if you haven't watched What If? You're not going to understand some of the things that are going on unless they <coughs> excuse me unless they take the time to stop all of the action and say let's explain this for a minute for those of you who didn't see what if and now back to the action they're not going to do that so you're going to have a bunch of people who didn't watch the TV shows who haven't watched, who haven't read the comic books have no idea what's going on. So this interconnectivity sometimes can be a liability.
1: That's, that's, yeah. Okay, I can, I can see where you're coming
0: from. And I'm perfectly fine. If Superman and Lois wants to go do, go do their own thing and not be connected to any of the rest of the Arrowverse, I'm fine with that.
1: But I do think that them becoming the new multiverse show is a little weird, too. And I hope that Ex- except they're not really
0: a multiverse show because they're not going anywhere in any of the multiverses. Okay. It's all—I mean, I mean, you've got people coming here, but it's not.
1: I mean, yes. I mean, Flash was the doppelganger show. Flash was the multiverse show that dealt with it, and now it's a little interesting that Superman's now dealing with the multiverse and doppelgangers and other dimensions and stuff.
0: Well, peripherally, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a plot device. It's not it's not the plot
1: and i hope i hope we don't keep getting that with every season because we've already gotten three different versions of superman in two se- seasons i hope we don't get more we'll see i don't know no. I, hope, I i hope that they're not gonna just keep doing the same mechanic because that it, it does kind of feel like it right now. I hope I hope it changes. I hope I hope we've been right about the writers the whole time.
0: The, but there is the challenge the challenge, especially with superhero programming and stories. The challenge is that when you find something that works, Marvel is a very good example of this <clears throat> where, it becomes a form a formula of some sort, where everything now is predictable to a certain point. We're going to be able to sit and say, "Oh, this is going here, and this is going there, and that's going there, and this is going to do that." And for the most part, for a lot of the Mar- a lot of the later Marvel pictures, especially you can pretty much figure out from the very beginning where it's going to end. And because of that, a lot of people sit there and say, and 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 I think there's some justification to this, that the Marvel movies have become formula stories. And if you're doing a television show, if you're doing an episodic television show, the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe actually is laid out, it's not a series of films. It's a TV show. And Kevin Feige is the showrunner, and so now you have the people in the writer's room, and they're writing different episodes of the TV show. And classic TV, Brady Bunch, Starsky and Hutch, Adam-12, Star Trek, any of those, didn't have a lot of overall character arcs throughout the season. They were episodic at the beginning of the show, and the end of the show. The characters were essentially the same and you're getting a little bit of that with the marvel movies and you you didn't it's not so much on the on the arrowverse shows but there's not there is some character arcs there's some there's some growth but there's not there's not a whole lot of change that you're not expecting there 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 are there are not that many surprises anymore Uh, Keely says, Feige needs to stop ripping off Josh Whedon's Buffy humor. (coughs) Yeah, that's, that's... Well, considering that Josh Whedon wrote two of those movies, I mean... Maybe we need to do a... Maybe we need to have a discussion about how much impact and how much harm... Joss Whedon's influence has been in Hollywood. Not not from the standpoint of the behind the scenes drama, but there are too many people out there, and I think this is this is true of of Harry Potter and Twilight as well as Joss Whedon. You have an entire generation of people, storytellers, who want to who have been influenced by Joss Whedon and Harry Potter and Twilight, and so everything is filtered through one or or multiples of those, and you can really tell. Well, we talk, I, I talked about this before: the 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 dearth of creativity because people don't read Shakespeare anymore. People don't read Edgar Allan Poe. People don't read H.P. Lovecraft or uh, or Isaac Asimov or. Heinlein. I saw somebody who was posting the other day on Twitter, oh, nobody nobody needs to read Heinlein anymore. What? Heinlein is foundational. And you you have a you have a generation or two of people who don't have any appreciation for the classics and the influence that the classics have on <coughs> excuse me, on everything else that's come after. Lord of the Rings has impacted all of fantasy. It was not Harry Potter that started fantasy. But I do think that everybody needs to read some George Orwell. Soon. Now. Post haste. Go read Orwell. Because what's happening right now is pure Orwell. All right, I'm off my soapbox.
1: You think you're going to need you to get a new soapbox, or is that one still running well? Oh,
0: this one's doing fine.
1: Well, this one's doing right. fine.
0: Yep, yep, yep. <coughs> you know where that term came from, right?
1: Didn't people used to literally just stand on soapboxes? That's to... right. That's
0: right. Yeah. Get on the corner, and they start pontificating. They'd stand oh. on a soapbox. That brings to mind, and I can... Well, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, it, it brings to mind that, that phrase. There are four ways of changing society. You have the, you, you have the jury you just box. Just like there are lights, or do we get to make that joke? Yeah, well, we'll get there. That's <laughs> right, Keely. 1984 is a warning. Um Dave says, Josh Whedon stole his humor banter from Farscape. Same with James Gunn. I can, be, I can buy that. I can buy that.
1: Yeah, I, can, I can also see that, yeah. Yes,
0: and Keely, you're right. 1984 is a warning. Read 1984. Read Fahrenheit 451. Read Animal Farm.
1: Animal Farm. Read yep. Brave New World. I've read, I've read 451 and I've read Animal Farm. I have not read uh, 84 yet.
0: You, yeah, you need to read 1984 because what's playing out right now is just uh, all of those just kind of mashed up. Somebody went, hey, what if we did this in real life? But there's, there, are, yeah. there are four ways that you change society. The jury box, the ballot box, the soap box, and the cartridge box. And it's entirely possible that we're getting to a point and i'm not advocating for this it's entirely possible that we're getting to a point where the cartridge box is going to be our only remaining option
1: and uh, the cartridge box i'm presuming it, assuming is um,
0: the ammo box
1: gun okay yeah okay it's a gun
0: and yes they a little a little paint the soapbox box is just fine just sand it down give it a nice little yeah. coat varnish um Mazur says, watch a few films like Brazil and Equilibrium after reading Orwell. They both show how Orwellian society can look. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard that about those. I think that you could also get into Minority Report, the whole idea of the, the pre-crime stuff. Uh, because there, there are people out there who are, who are trying to get some algorithms developed. I saw the other day that somebody was working on something to kind of predict Uh, Criminal behavior I'm like Did you not Did you not see that movie Did you not Did you not read that book Because you're trying some things And We know We know how this ends We know how this ends
1: You Uh, you know what it reminds uh, me of It reminds me of How I Met Your Mother There's a There's a scene where they're Introducing Barney to his To his uh, Childhood hero Ralph mm -hmm. Macchio and Barney screams, "That's not the Karate Kid!" And he was rooting for the villain the whole time in Karate Kid. <laughs> and his favorite is the blonde dude. That's what it reminds me of. The the, the the people reading these books aren't taking away that the things that are in the books are bad. Yeah. Well, They're like, hey, this is actually kind of kind of cool. Taking over and ruining everybody's life. I like this. I like this a lot. You know? I don't.
0: I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody is actually sitting there saying these are instruction manuals, let's do this. But I do think no. but I do think that there are people. And again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here in terms of politics, but I do think that there are people out there who are so drunk on power or who crave thank you, thank you. crave power and control that they're willing to overlook what their policies are doing to our society, so that's going to be oh yeah that Ethan Hawke film about genetics Gattaca. Yes, Gattaca. That's a very good movie. Uh, that that's that's on the that's on the recommend list as well. If you haven't seen Gattaca, you need to see Gattaca. That's a good movie. I have not seen um, Gattaca. Uh, uh, Jude Law is in that. Ethan Hawke. Ooh. Is Uma Thurman in that? I think Uma Thurman's in that too. Oh,
1: I might need yeah. to watch Gattaca.
0: That's a that's a good one too. So I uh, highly recommend that. All right, that's gonna do it for us. We're we're past our hour, so we're gonna go ahead and head out. Thanks very much, all of you, for being here and contributing your thoughts in the chat. If you are catching us on replay, you can leave us a comment as well. You can always send us an email uh, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. And we do have all of these different ways that you can uh, get in touch with us. All of these different social media platforms, all these video platforms. We've got a tip jar over on PayPal. We've got a mailing address there. If you want to screenshot that, if you've got something to send send to me for review, and uh, and we will uh, add that to the pile. And uh, if you are new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe, have your notifications turned on. Coming up this weekend, uh, where did I put it, where did I put it, where did I put it? Uh, Right here. Coming up this weekend, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. We've got the week's headlines on Good Morning Multiverse, so we do hope you join us for that. A programming note, we will not have a foreign bodies this week. Uh, because uh, Mrs. Walker has to be at a soccer game. Uh, it, is, it is her daughter's very first soccer game. So that takes priority, of course. So uh, no foreign bodies this week. We will do it next week. And uh, in the meantime, check out any of the rest of the videos that we got here. Connect with us on Odyssey. Because you never know when YouTube's going to kick us off. And uh, feel free to share. Remember, there are four... Lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.